You're listening to Big Blend Radio's English Connection Show with Glenn Burrows, owner of Norfolk Tours. Hey, everybody. Today, Glenn Burrows is taking us fossil hunting along the coast of Norfolk, England. I never thought about going fossil hunting, and I don't know if it's legal very many places. And he's got a great article about it, so check out the show link. Uh, I mean, the show, the link in the show notes. I can get there. Um, but it's really quite fascinating because Norfolk, England, has some very ancient history. We've talked a lot about history, uh, ruins, castle ruins, all of that. But I think this is the oldest we've been, Glenn. How old do you feel? <laughs> actually, this yeah, makes yeah. me feel very young, actually, talking well, about yeah. all this today. <laughs> the the thing is with with fossils is you you're talking millions you know that's that's the it's it's so difficult to to actually visualize how old some of these things are um but i mean for instance in norfolk they found the oldest human footprints north of africa so you know africa has obviously got lots of really really old human footprints but the the second oldest human footprints found in the in in the world i think has have been found fossilized on a norfolk beach uh, and you're talking millions i mean they they were they were humanoids but they weren't you know humanoids like us they weren't homo sapiens so to speak but they were recognizable as humans so they'd say yeah, i don't know i'm not into that sort of thing really Caveman. But yeah, yeah. But I mean, you're talking, you're talking millions. You know, you're not talking the Romans. You're not talking the Egyptians. You're not talking the Greeks. You're talking millions of years ago, while we were still developing, actually, as as human beings. As, exactly. It's it's kind of wild, isn't it? And then you think yeah. about how life <clears throat> life was back then, and you know, going through your article, what 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 made me laugh is. You had hyenas and hippos and things like yeah. that in, in England, you know, and the mammoth, the big mammoth was found there. Mammoth, Yeah, I mean, the mammoth was was actually discovered on, on the coast in, in North Norfolk. Um, it, there was a, a storm. And as you can see in the, the cliffs behind you, um, mm -hmm. you know, if you if you've got a cliff that washes, get washed up by the sea, then if there's a bad storm, the sea really bashes the cliff. Mm -hmm. And then parts of the cliff fall off. Well, well that's basically what happened at, uh, at Runton. And um, there were some bones that were sticking out of the cliff and somebody saw wow. them. Thought they look a bit different. So they called in the they called in the experts and they said, yes, this is a mammoth. Wow. So they excavated the 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 Runton mammoths. I mean, that's that is something special. I mean, you were saying about whether it's legal it's legal in most places to just walk along the beach and if you pick if you see a fossil you can pick it up you're not allowed to walk on some beaches so so make sure that you're on a beach a that public you're beach for. yeah yeah um and you are not allowed to go near the cliffs or on the cliffs so oh, you're not dangerous. allowed to start with your pickaxe and start hacking mm -hmm. away at the cliffs because they are very fragile and also very, very dangerous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I remember them being very, you know, being out in England and and any of the areas like those cliffs. Even the ones here, there's some that you you're you're bye bye. 
Yeah. I mean, if <laughs> yeah. you're underneath a part of the cliff that when it falls down, you, you're dead, you know. Mm. So they do say, you know, walk away from the base of the cliff, but you can, you can, you know, fossil hunt. Obviously, don't take a wheelbarrow and take half the beach home with you. We're talking, you know, a couple of bits you can put in your pocket. You know, it's all about being sensible and respectful, you know, Mm -hmm. but you you can actually go fossil hunting. Now, where West Brunton, where this is, um, and and the picture behind, and I just see there's a dog there. I don't know what that dog is doing. Maybe he's looking for a bone. He's going, I want a mammoth bone, or I don't know, maybe he's found a fire fire hydrant. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Not there. (laughs) But, you know, so, but when you're out there, I mean, when you find something like that, like the mammoth, do they kind of corner it off and protect it so people don't start saying, ooh, yes. I, I wonder if I can find more of it, you know? Yeah. I mean, once once they realized what it was, then it was protected and it was excavated properly by the proper people to excavate them sort of things. That's why they say that they don't want people to be too close to the cliffs because if they start to excavate on their own and they're not experts at excavation, number one, they could damage the fossils. Number two, they could kill themselves. And and number three, they could damage the cliff, you know, which is not what you want. So it's all about just picking up the odd bit on the beach. And mm. and then if if, say, for instance, you picked up a fossil that was something really special, um, and, and like any other archaeology, you know, if you report what you find to the museums, if you found something really special that, and you know where you found it, which is another thing about archaeology, you know, know where you find the where you find these things, um, then they can say, "Wow, we need to go and have a look at that area because there could be something special," you know. Mm. So, so it's all about keeping in mind, you know, what is the accepted thing. Read a couple of books. Yeah, you know, yeah. Go on a website about fossil hunting and and know what you're supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But you know the main thing, you know, is is keep safe and be mm-hmm. sensible because the last thing we want is for a cliff like that thing behind you to fall on top of somebody. Exactly, and at the same time too, some of these things are incredibly valuable. The fossils actually belong in a museum or yeah. something that everyone can enjoy and look at and learn from. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, in this country, we have people going out with those little metal detector things and some places it's legal, some places it's not, you know, no. um, I think it's cool to go out looking and, and, you know, there's so much to learn from it. And I think it's yes. a cool way to get kids to be observant and, you know, kids are more observant than us adults, aren't they? You know, and they go they out, are. but to get their interest spiked on history yes. and it just I mean- is so humbling, you know? My my granddaughter, who's five, actually came home from school the other day and said, I've been learning. I can't remember the girl's name. The, well, the woman's name. She was a, a, a fossil hunter. Um, but she said, I've been learning about this woman. And she was a paleontologist, you know. Oh, well, wow. That's a big word. Yeah. A five year old coming out with the word a paleontologist. But, you know, she's now interested in fossils. And as it happened, my dad he found some fossils in the garden when he was digging. And there was one sitting on my mum's windowsill the other day. And my my granddaughter, is, uh, she's, she's now borrowed it to take to school, you know. But it's it's that sort of thing. It's getting their 
interest fired up, mm. isn't it? And to yeah. get be interested in things and to realize that, you know, history is all around us. Mm. And as long as you follow the rules and you've got permission and you're supposed to be there, you treat the land, the seashore, the cliffs with respect, mm -hmm. then it's, it's, it's great. You know, we can well, all learn. For those who are interested in history, like I know people who are interested in fossils, are usually interested in gems and minerals. It's kind of a whole yeah. thing yeah. together. And it's it's about Earth. It's geology. You know, if you're interested in geology yes. and you find a fossil, man, you are like on top of the world, right? Yeah, quite. Um, you know, some of the places we've been to, one of the, this is a park that is rarely visited. And it it just, I it still sits with me, this park. It's in Colorado near uh, a town called Cripple Creek. And Cripple Creek was a mining town. And right. so you know something's going on with geology-wise, right? And down the road is a park called Florissant Fossil Beds. And Florissant, it was like this giant boneyard of fossils. But yeah. human beings started rate pillaging and plundering and taking everything by the carload. And that's yeah. how it became protected as a national monument. But when yeah. you go out there, it is, they have fossilized sequoia trees, like, just these because back then they had sequoia trees there now they you can only find them in the sierra nevada region of california but then so it was really mind-blowing to see this and i know people who travel the world for this kind of thing so i can yeah. see someone coming to you and saying glenn take me to the right the beaches i can go find stuff you know yeah well i mean that that is the sort of thing that that we can do i mean it when when we were in Canada, we went to um a, I can't remember the name of the place. Whether it was somewhere near Revelstoke, I can't remember. But we went to a place where there was um, loads of dinosaur skeletons had been found, mm. um, and it it is an interesting thing to do whenever you are wherever you are in the world. You know, if you visit somewhere, and they have had a massive, you know, discovery of fossils or roman pottery or whatever it's always good just to see what is going on in the area that you're visiting mm -hmm. so you know um yeah i mean if anyone wanted to just walk along the beach and see what they found you know we can arrange it you know it's, I, it, is, it is all about doing what people want to do isn't it well it also shows how connected we all are you know for you to have hyenas in your backyard from back in the day right i, I love that because Hyenas are one of my favorite animals, and I used to love sleeping at night listening to them, you know, at right. night in, in Africa. Yeah, yeah. Well, they make this really crazy woo sound at night. Anyway, so we don't need to do that for people. How, how do they go? How do they go? Ooh, like, <laughs> <laughs> they do. It's kind of like this backwards howl. And, oh, and right. then you'll hear the jackals go, kah, 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 like kind of coyote style. Anyway. Right. I was thinking about this when I was reading your article. I know this is going to get weird, but, you know, why wouldn't we get weird on the show? We normally um, do. Well, you know, when you think about um, the stories, the legends like Merlin and Arthur, you know, and all of that, there was always these weird creatures involved in these, mytho you know, in mythology. Yes. And I wonder about, like, you know, one day not all the the hyenas just didn't all die. So now they're in Africa. But, you know, we were all connected at that time. The earth moved and changed, right? As yes. it is right now with climate change. I mean, right now you're getting vineyards in England. What? Yeah. You know, so yeah. climate change, well, that has some possibility. You know, there's these changes. 
so I kind of feel like we're going through all these evolutions and we forget that sometimes. And so maybe there was like one, one or two hyenas left and, and those, those people from ancient times saw those animals and that became part of the, the lore, the stories. But it, you know, cause some of them, when you hear these stories that have been passed down, sound like a hyena or sound like a jackal or sound like something. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? And I, and I think back to like, what if you had lions? Because look at England, all about lions. I know people, you guys we went did. over to Africa for sure. You we know, did. you we guys did. went everywhere. So. I mean, we, we had, we had all sorts. Of, I mean, we had hyenas, uh, beavers, big cats, obviously, like lions, saber toothed tigers. Oh, that's right. Saber toothed tiger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, horses, rhinoceros, rhinoceros even. You had rhinos in England. Yeah. Yeah, and elephants, and obviously mammoths, but you see, with with the the changing of of the um, landforms, things couldn't then move. As soon as England yeah. got off from the continent, things couldn't move around as much as they did before. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's it's a bit like Australia. Australia was completely on its own after donkeys years ago you know millennia millennia ago so that's why australia has got its own ecosystems and animals that only exist in australia right mm-hmm. but you see with um with england we used to have all these animals because we were connected to europe literally yeah. you know literally connected um and also i mean we went through the ice age we went through um different sort of um hot ages for want of a better word so we had we have had all different types of animals and they're all mm. left in the fossil layers. So mm. that that is how they were recorded. And it's amazing. So the ice age is interesting because where we are right now, I think we're in it. Um, yeah, you see but if you are. in Oregon. Well actually, but this is the, there is a um like a glacial ice trail up in, you know, between Canada, Washington State, Oregon. I think it actually even goes all the way to Wisconsin, but it's right. where this glacial ice was years mm-hmm. and years ago. And I was going, yeah. and now we had these big ice storms in Oregon and across the country. I mean, even Texas got it and it just went, it's crazy. So, you know, it's climate change. But then I'm going, well, maybe these places are trying to revert back to what they were. I mean, how do we know that it's, I mean, I know we've sped up things with the environment. But how do we not know that Mother Nature is like, hey, it's time for you to have your Ice Age area back again. I'm I'm putting her back. How do we know? Well, you know, it's it's something that I've always been intrigued by mm-hmm. in that if ever you look at the, a map of, say, for instance, just a map of East Anglia, where I live. If you look at all the pieces of land that we have reclaimed from the sea we have lost about the same amount of land by the sea encroaching onto the land. Mm. So that does make me think, is Mother Nature saying, okay, if you're going to take that bit of land and you're going to make that into good farmland, then I'm going to nick some of your other land a little bit further down the coast. (laughs) Because it does does look as if, you know, when we reclaim a piece of land a little bit further around the coast, we're losing a piece of land. It's so, tit for tat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. And, and and you just don't know. I mean, when again, when we were in Canada, we went to a to a glacier, and 
when we saw we went into the museum beside the glacier and when you could see how far that glacier had gone back it was unbelievable how much it had shrunk you know yep just recently how how much of the actual really the permafrost mm-hmm. the really really old mm-hmm. glacier yes it goes back every year and yes it grows every winter but over the over the last century or so the distance that it's gone back completely was unbelievable that's crazy and, isn't it you know it is obviously changing mm-hmm. and that that is is it is quite frightening Really, it's frightening, but it's it's interesting too because I, I think it's reminding us that we are all connected. That's it all brings it back to we're all connected somewhere somehow. Yes. And yeah. you know and this idea that we're not does that make sense? Charge. Oh, she is, she is, and she is a woman. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it is Mother Nature, you know. After all, so you know, but I think you know there's there is this connection and. So I kind of feel like sometimes, you know, we talk about deja vu and things and you see now I'm getting weirder that when we have these weird feelings of being somewhere at some point, yeah, it could have been, you know, we, we could have been, maybe we were, maybe we don't really know. And I find that stuff like, that's just fascinating to me because I don't want to be close minded to what, what really could have happened. And when you go and you find fossils, it's like it's an it's it's proof of existence, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's absolute I mean, proof of of that. When when you pick up something that has lain in the ground for millions of years, you know that that is beyond people's. Yeah, we, thought. It, we. You know, it's like it's like saying that the sun is ninety three million miles away. You know, you can't think about that, can you? You can't yeah. think of. You can't pick it's like it. billionaires. How can you even think about yeah. you know when they well, have all that money? In know? England, a billion is a million million. In in America, it's a thousand million. Oh boy, but see a real a real billion is a million million. Well, when I say you know when I was at school, but it's it. Yeah, it's not. But it, we can't really put it into tangible no. perspectives. No, you, you know? can't. But now with the fossils and the mammoth, I wanted to ask for those coming over to England to see you, right? And you're going to take them around. Can we go see the mammoth somewhere? Uh, yeah, th- there is um, a good display in Norwich Castle, but at the moment Norwich Castle is closed, um, or parts of it is closed because they're renovating the castle. Oh, okay. except the actual keep. They're renovating it, and they're putting it back to how it should have been when it was a medieval palace. So that will be really – it should be done this year, actually. So I'm really oh, cool. looking forward to seeing what they're doing. But yes, there is there is a display all about the mammoth. And um, there's also a display in Cromer Museum, which is just up the road from, from where it was discovered. So yes, you can actually see um mm. the mammoth and bits well, bits of it, um, in in the museums in Norfolk. Um but you know, f- for me, it is more about just walking along a beach and seeing if I find a bit, you know, mm-hmm. because we, I, you know, when I went to Canada and I went to the dinosaur museums, it was fascinating because I was seeing dinosaur skeletons. But it's in a museum; it's in a false setting. Mm-hmm. It's not the same as actually finding it yourself. So the experience of actually discovering a, a little 
little shell or a fossilized whatever you know that is the exciting thing because it's like when i when i do gold metal detecting or when i do look for roman pottery to think that i'm the first person to hold this thing in my hand for 2000 years or whatever that's amazing you know, that that is what oh. it's all about it's not like going to a museum where you're looking at something in a in a case in a display unit. yeah if you're actually looking at walking along a field and you pick up a piece of roman pottery and you think i'm the first person to hold that for over Ooh, a that's thousand. trippy you've got the direct connection yeah exactly you know sometimes yeah. I, i have actually found roman pottery with fingerprints and thumbprints in them and when you think that somebody 1800 years ago 2000 years ago actually put their thumbprint on that pot mm. this it's a woo that is a woo woo thing that is it a woo woo really is but well, when yeah, you look you, at fossils yeah. you look you're talking about millions i mean that's yeah it that's really amazing and it's amazing to me like you the fossils you have in the picture behind you are like snails you know snail yes. shells and yet those things are still going on today we still have snails with snail shells like yes. that well We're most still of creating them, them, most, you know? most of the ones behind me are i think they called ammonites and they were mainly living in the sea mm. um but yeah exactly what you say there there's still things on you know at the moment that are very similar mm. and and a lot of the things that you find in the fossil record actually the descendants are still here you know like these like these shells these shellfish and things you know they're still going around on the planet today but just a little bit different it, it is totally amazing i find it i find it fascinating because you know it's we still have like here we have alligators and crocodiles you know we have crocodiles um on the in the everglades so you can find both alligators and crocodiles in the everglades yeah. and yeah and it's only on one side of the Everglades um, in Florida, but they're that ancient. And so whenever yeah. I, I, I think that's why I have a fascination about them is just looking at their skin and how they're, yeah. they're just, you know, you're looking at an ancient being and you're it's like a dinosaur, aren't you really? You are, you are looking at a dinosaur and the same thing with cockroaches, but that I don't have that joy about them for some reason. They just don't, you know, get me excited. Like, like, no. like an alligator because it's like, how far does their family history go? Like we talk about yeah. family history for humans, but yeah. how far does that one alligator go back? And same with birds. And I think people that are interested in birds and are also interested in fossils because birds are flying dinosaurs. They yes. are. Snakes, yes. the reptile world. And yeah. even, you know, they say the insects and the spiders are going to be the last ones left. Yes. I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, when when you look at birds and you see some of the fossils that have been discovered of the the, the running dinosaurs, the ones that used to run along a lot, um, they they basically are, are a bird skeleton, but without mm. the wings, you know, yeah. without the feathers. But some of them, some of the fossils, actually, they are so amazingly detailed that you can actually see feathers on some of these mm. early fossils. You know the the detail in these fossils is is just mind blowing. Well, I saw a fossil when we were at that Florissant, uh, you know, uh, National Monument in um, Colorado. 
there's flies and the detail of the fly. But what really got me was hydrangeas. That yeah, got plants. me. Plants, because yeah. I'm going, the hydrangeas, like in everyone's garden, it's been modified from what it was in the wild, you know, growing naturally to what we want in our garden, you know, so that Mrs. Bucket could plant <laughs> the bouquets. Um, but, so to me, that's amazing when you look at the plants, the fossilized, because they're still here. So that's another like family tree, literally. Um, yeah. That I goes. Mean, I, I, I've, I've seen in, in lots of museums just fossilized ferns. ferns oh, yes, yes. Really that's ancient. amazing. And, and, and leaves, you know, just mm-hmm. plants. And to think that something as fragile as a plant could be recorded in the fossil record, you know, it, it's it's basically that that it just lays down, the oxygen goes out, gets filled up with with silt and sand, and then you've got a record of it. It's like a negative, I think, from what I can understand. Yeah, um, yeah. But you know, it's it's amazing that something so fragile as as a leaf or as a feather, you know how they can be recorded in in stone you know and, and on its own I, I mean how nature did it it's like it's like its own tombstone with its body there yeah yeah you it know in a in a way amazing. so you you say that so going on the coast is a really good place and then you can go look in tide pools can you find fossils in the actual tide pools yeah i mean you can find fossils anywhere in in fact you can find it inland because a lot of inland used to be underwater anyway yeah so, yeah you know how how the the planet moves around and shifts. You know you've got places now that are well inland that used to be part of the sea, but you've also got the, the where the beaches are so good for fossil hunting is because of the erosion of the cliffs, mm. and that's what it is. You see the the sea is washing the cliff faces away, mm-hmm. and they tumble down the side of those cliffs and they end up on the beach. So that is why the the cliffs are are such a well the beaches underneath the cliffs are the places that you're going to find a lot of fossils because yeah. not being funny if if they are left for very long they will just end up as sand because yeah. the erosion of the sea walk and working backwards and forwards will just break it all up and mm-hmm. they will disappear i mean the footprints that were found at Haysborough on the coast, the footprint, the human footprints, um, they they were destroyed by Mother Nature mm. because as soon as they became exposed, they were literally exposed to the elements and they they were washed away. Oh, you wow. Know? So we can't see them. Oh, no, they're not there anymore because the, you know, the, the, the constant washing mm-hmm. in and out of the sea just wore it away. So... Oh. It is it is here today, gone tomorrow, basically. Well, wow! So we better all get out there. See, and to me, it's just good to go for a walk on the beach anyway, and keep your eyes peeled. You know, yes, yeah. we, we the... always every every Christmas we either go on Boxing Day or on New Year's Day we go and walk along the beach just mm. to blow the cobwebs away. You know, New Year's Day is perfect to do it. Just kind of oh, a great way to bring it in. You know. But just a walk on the beach is, to me, I always, you know, whenever you walk on the beach, I'm like, I'm standing at the edge of the earth, you know, except for I do believe the earth is round. You know, I'm not one of those. (laughs) Don't. That's a whole other show. And that's like a just that's a show with a big rant. 
I don't understand people who, anyway, who believe the world, like, what is wrong with you? It, it's impossible, you know, but you are at the edge of the place that you're, you're at the edge of your country. Yes. You're at the edge of a continent here, you know. So whenever at the beach, I'm just like, I'm on the edge. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I like it, you know. Yeah. And you the, can't the, you can't see any further because you fall off the edge anyway. So. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's what the horizon is. It's like the cutoff point. Yeah. When when we were in South Africa, we were very lucky to go to the tip of Africa. There's two points. There's, you know, the Cape Horn and everything. But there's two there's two places that they call the tip. One is where Vasco da Gama landed, and the other one is the actual geological end of the continent, which we got to walk. Like as I almost went South African, then walk oh, <laughs> to yeah. the almost to the edge, and you can see the two oceans crash against each other and meet. And it's like, dang! Like if you slipped and fell, you're dead. That's how powerful the ocean, mm-hmm. the two seas meeting, and and I'll you know it was crazy because. It was an area where there was baboons everywhere and they would chase you for your food. And baboons are not the most friendliest of, no. you know, no, they show their teeth and you run like hell. But yeah. I mean, it was just so windy. And so, you know, whenever you go out to a lighthouse, there's always wind wherever they put yes. them, yes. you know, it's like that. And it, but it was just so um, powerful. I'll never forget that. I will never I just it was talk about humbling. You just realize Mother Nature is just incredible. Like even here, you know, when we're driving and seeing all these icicles and frozen waterfalls, it is, it's scary to drive through, but I'll never take, I, 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 at the same time, really enjoyed it because yes, when will I see that again in my life, right? This just, you're just driving going, there's a frozen waterfall right there with different colors because it was reflecting the light. Yeah. I mean, yeah amazing amazing yes. what mother nature does and the, to preserve it you think about these places with ice that they're pres- it's part of the preservation i mean mother nature is just so spectacular you know i mean not not being funny you, you're saying about ice that is another thing that is here today gone tomorrow you know mm-hmm. ice ice is so amazing and so artistic to look at to just to see how it's formed and how the water drips down it and how it cuts a channel you know mm-hmm. all sort of things but they're constantly moving i mean something like the the grand canyon i've never been there obviously mm. but you know something like the grand canyon is constantly moving it is yes. constantly wearing away and constantly changing well and- it's changing for big time now because it doesn't have as much water the colorado river is going away you know Right. slowly and when because humans messed with it but that plateau which i've driven and hiked in a lot of i've been i've been from the headwater to the end like the top to the bottom in this country not in the mexico portion of colorado river but that plateau the geology is astounding you're talking yes. about places like arches and and national park and these places i mean the geology changes and you know it's all that erosion and that wind and and it yes. does get the ice like you're talking about everything. And when you go out there and you see it, it's going to be changed in 10 years. It's going to be changed. Yes. Yes. And that that is the 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 amazing thing that I find that, you know, we we look at, for instance, the cliff behind you 
it has it has morphed into so many different things before it has got to what it is today you know mm-hmm. you know one one point in history it was underwater another point under history it was under ice another mm-hmm. point in history it was home to elephants and tigers and rhinos and and now it's just a, a cliff on the edge of Norfolk and it's fallen to pieces. But, you know, the, the constant change is something that is a bit surreal to think about. And mm. when you consider that, you know, again, getting back to the fossils, we're talking millions of years ago, yet we can also find in the same cliffs the remains of the Romans when they were here. You can find yes. remains of, you know, the Victorians when mm-hmm. they had houses on the cliffs. You know, you can find plastic that's washed up from from the sea or fallen down the cliff face from people who had a picnic on there last week. You know, but it's all about change and just trying to get it into your head that we mm-hmm. are a mere speck. Mm-hmm. You know, that is something standing under a cliff like that, picking up a fossil makes you realize just how much of a speck we really are you know well, you know it's there's a lot of um well cliffs and um caves are fascinating to me because they are, they're yeah. play they're homes for humans like mrs shipley in england yes. right yeah, she lives yeah in the yeah. cave um yeah. but birds live in there as well yeah. and there's a lot of native american uh ruins here where they lived in their their cave dwellers, cliff dwellers, cave, oh, yeah. cave, and you would see like they would have to hike all the way up to the top to get in there. And when you go to the, some of these, there's one the Gila Cliff dwellings in New Mexico. You can actually go walk in there, which is a very rare thing. But they still have the soot on the top of the roof of the cave from when they had their fires. Mm-hmm. They have some pottery they found, and and then they would garden on top of the cave. Yeah. And so they would have to climb to go get their maize. I mean, it, these people were fit, man. I mean, we are so lazy in comparison yeah. to what these people did. And yes. it's just mind-blowing. Yet, at the same time, you'll see like a, a hawk or an eagle or, you know, birds, even like little swallows, live and make, like, especially if it's sandstone, make their little nest. And, you know, so I'm like, we all lived in these places at times, you know? We really did. I mean, cliff, cliff, I can't even say it. Cliff dwelling is is something that has always fascinated me. I mean, when I worked in France in 1978, there were still people who were living in in caves. You know, they they had their houses Whoa. on the front of the cave, and they their their homes actually extended into the caves. And mm. I think they probably still do live in there. I, I, there are people that still do that. What about in um, the Hobbit place, New Zealand? They have those little houses like that. The, place. the little hobbits. Yeah, there is a little. There's a. There's a. Um, there's a Hobbit garden. They're like a real like the TV, the movie set, the Hobbits. All right. But there are people that I think. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, in in are France, they, were still, they were still living. I don't know. I don't know much about hobbits, um, but they were still living in these in these cave houses. And the interesting thing was that if they wanted to extend, all they had to do was dig another hole in the cliff, and, and a fossil pops up. 
and says, yeah, yeah, hey, you could, extend, you could extend backwards into the cliff to have another room. You know, it's amazing. It's kind of crazy because you think about all these underground societies, too. That's what they're saying, like these this Armageddon kind of feeling, you know, that this this dystopia that everyone's talking about, like, oh, people living under the streets and living in caves underneath. That's kind of like, I don't know, man, after what I've seen on in this country, I mean, we have so many potholes. We're just going to fall down into China or what? I don't know what's going to go. <laughs> all the potholes in the road. I'm like, because hey. some of the roads are sinking. They're sinkholes, just, you know, like in Florida and stuff. Yeah. All of a sudden, the whole we- road goes down. I'll tell you what you need to, you need to, um, you need to Google and there probably are other search engines available. So I won't, you know, but you can Google the bus in Norwich that fell down a hole. What? A double decker bus fell down a hole in Norwich. So just Google it and you'll see a picture of a bus like that. Wow. Because under Norwich, there were, um, chalk mines and a bus actually fell down a hole and it ended up just like that sticking out of a hole so if you if you google that the the bus oh, that wow. fell down the hole in norwich that's <laughs> you never crazy. know what's underneath the streets here you, you, <laughs> ne- you never know about that in florida but you guys have so much going on i mean it's like you've got you know these old footprints i mean you know so you know family trees they have to go way way back now I mean, it would well, be really fascinating to be able to go beyond like the 13, 1200s, like to yeah, go I've, beyond. I've always been fascinated with DNA mm-hmm. and whether any of the people who are dug up in archaeological digs locally are actually related to me. Because, you know, all of my ancestors that I found so far lived within 50 miles of where I live today. But obviously, that only goes back to the most part 400 years. So I'm thinking that if my ancestors were living in this area 400 years ago, they must have been living here 1400 years ago. Yeah, yeah. So, very far. Well, this is my weird thing about DNA is what happens when you check DNA from like those kind of ancient times, like maybe 2000 years ago or something. Yeah. I wonder if if our DNA will be different than the human dna we have today in other words are we going to have more because we are part tree we have a bit of dna that's got tree in us oh yes so would we have more tree because (laughs) because we changed i mean we became bigger people we used to be little tiny people we used to not stand up as right as we do i mean think about how we've shifted right so what was our dna then to dna Mm. now See, so I wonder if we'd had more. um... Oh, boy, I'm going to get in trouble. Like Darwin would dig it. I wish Darwin was alive right now. I think he would have a field day with DNA, with what's happening now. Yeah. I mean, uh, DNA is fascinating. I mean, it really is. Maybe we're mushrooms. But I don't know whether you can get DNA from a fossil. I know you can get DNA from teeth and from bones. So a normal archaeological dig will give you DNA if you've got good enough mm-hmm. preserved, you know, bones and fossils, uh, bones and teeth. But I don't know whether you can get it from a fossil. Um, mm. But I and also I don't know whether 2000 years actually is long enough for us to have changed 
in, to that extent. I think a lot of the trouble with how we were, they reckon we were shorter, smaller. I think a lot of that has to do with our diet. We weren't eating what we eat today. So we're not right. going to have big, strong bones. We're not going to, you know, be be as as big possibly. I don't know. Or or maybe we were healthier because we don't have all the crud that we have now in our food, yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, when yeah, we're eating I mean, meat, it was clean meat, you know. But then there's the Neanderthals, and they seem to be pretty big too. So what's with that? I mean, are we it's, – yeah, it's I mean, crazy. I'm, yeah, it, it is, it's a, a subject all on its own, just human development and how that this actually is... – how that actually came about. That's why I'm so interested in fungus, because fungus is more ancient than dinosaurs, apparently. All right. And there are entire communities that even go underground that we don't even see microscopic. And they actually go with trees. And there's this whole, I'm so fascinated by it that I feel like maybe that's what humans are, because fungus is part animal and part vegetable or part plant. Right, so they're both. Oh, which part is animal? Um, the gills. No. <laughs> so like fish. I don't know, but it's like a immersion. They're not all animal. They're not all plant. So, so vegetarians, vegetarian or vegans can't eat mushrooms. That's true. I've said that before, but they they are. I know. I don't know, but um, the world of fungus is so fascinating to me because it also connects with mold. And when you think about it, when something dies, fungus basically takes that and it it is purifies. That's oh, a yeah, purifier, yeah. right? And turns, and turns it, into something else. Yeah. And it's the, where energy never dies. So then what happens with this energy? How much of, anyway, this is getting trippy, but I, I really, that's where I believe ghosts come from. Like, you know, so your energy. Mushrooms. Yes. <laughs> that's how, a good how you. Have you had your tablets today? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> and I haven't even had wine yet. So there it is. You know? <laughs> but but you know what I mean? There's something to this that um, I, don't, I think we still have this whole world ahead to learn about that we don't we don't know yet. No, you know, I, mean, I think I think that is it, isn't it? I mean, n- n- laughing aside, we don't we don't know what we don't know. Mm-hmm. And so many things that we have got no idea about so many things you know i mean the the one big thing and i think i may have may have mentioned this before is you know when you walk into a room how come there's an atmosphere what is an atmosphere because sometimes (laughs) sometimes yeah sometimes you can walk into a room and you can feel very very uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and i don't understand what that is that other sense i i believe in that you know yeah, um, what is it? you know, you can feel you can feel that you're not welcome, or you can feel there's an atmosphere or whatever. You know, well, and I, I trust my gut 100 percent on things. Yeah. Um, I was telling you about our crazy drive across Oregon with with this ice storm, and Nancy and I were about to push further to this one area that we thought, okay, that'll get us closer to where we are now. And all of a sudden, I just went, "That's it. We're stopping right here. Done." We're not doing it because it was really picking up with wind. It was getting dark. We don't know. We've never been on this other road that we can, you know, like we're stopping and we pulled in and you're sliding on ice and it's getting dark and you're trying to even navigate into parking lots, which is not fun and get a hotel. And we got outside this hotel 
And there wasn't even a way to even get your luggage without going across ice in the parking lot at night to act. And I was like, you know what? Uh uh-uh. We're going the other side of the road where Nancy wanted to go originally. I turned left. She was like, no, no, turn right. But I turned left. Well, we went back the way Nancy had that gut vibe. And I went, I'm not doing this hotel. We're going to go up here. We get to this hotel. And it was like, thank goodness. There was a place I could park by the door and do, you know, unload because it was freezing. If I hadn't listened to our gut instinct, that gut instinct of do not go further, we would have been driving in the worst storm and probably been stuck on the side of the road in an ice storm. Hmm. And, you know, there's not really place to pull over on that road. And so that's kind of that weird thing of how do we know? How does your energy know that? Hmm. What is your gut instinct? There's previous experience right but that gut instinct goes with that atmosphere of walking into a room and not feeling comfortable in a place i don't maybe it's something happened there or maybe you've been there before i don't know no i like it though that's that's what i that's what i like to realize is that we don't know Mm. so we don't know what's going to happen we don't understand everything in the world and, you know, we don't understand all of these fossils. We don't understand all of these creatures that used to live on the planet. You know, we don't understand the the people who made them footprints on the beach. We don't. They, they were humanoid, but they mm-hmm. weren't humans. You know, what was what were their lives like? You know, we don't mm-hmm. know anything about them. You know, so there is so much. And the thing that I love about history is that you can be so connected to it just by picking up a fossil or picking up a piece of Roman pottery or just going into a medieval church. You can actually be part of history. And yeah. and that, to me, is, is what it's all about. You know, it really is. Because you don't know, but you can still connect to it. So mm-hmm. it's worth walking along a beach and just seeing what's under your feet. I love it, Glenn. Everyone, norfolk-tours.co.uk is the website to go contact Glenn and go for a walk on the beach and find a fossil. I love yeah. it. It was a, good, a great chat again, Glenn. Thank you so much. Good to speak to you. Thank you for joining us for Big Glenn Radio's English Connection show with Glenn Burrows, owner of Norfolk Tours. If you're planning a vacation to England or looking up your family history in England, Visit norfolk-tours.co.uk to connect with Glenn. Keep up with our shows at bigblendradio.com.